Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Do you experience fatigue, depression, constipation, joint pain, headaches, weight gain, or memory loss? These could be a sign of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the country's fastest-growing autoimmune disease, affecting more than 35 million Americans. Today we have with us number one New York Times best-selling author and leading thyroid expert, Dr. Isabella Wentz. She will be sharing nutrition protocols and healing recipes you can use to take charge of your thyroid health. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and doctor of pharmacy who has dedicated her career to addressing the root cause of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2009. She's a fellow of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists and holds certifications in medication therapy management as well as advanced diabetes care. She's the number one New York Times bestselling author of Hashimoto's Protocol. Her new follow-up book is Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, Nutrition Protocols and Healing Recipes to Take Charge of Your Thyroid Health. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Isabella Wentz. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Friedman. I'm so excited to be here with you again. Yeah, it's so great to have you back with us. As you know, I'm a big fan of your work, and this is your third book on thyroid health. Share with our listeners why you've devoted your career to helping people take proactive steps to healing their thyroid gland. Well, in full disclosure, I was never interested in the thyroid gland during pharmacy school. I thought it was pretty straightforward. If you had an underactive thyroid, you got medications to to get more thyroid hormone on board. If you had an overactive thyroid, then we gave you medications to suppress the thyroid function. And I really thought there was all there was to it until, of course, I uh, was diagnosed with a thyroid condition myself a few years after pharmacy school, after quite a few many years of some confusing, debilitating symptoms like chronic fatigue and panic attacks and carpal tunnel in both arms. And so I wanted to figure out if there was anything that I can do to make myself feel better with the condition. And this really led to my work in helping others do the same. And so I, you know, my my life's work, my passion, my dedication has now been to help other people with Hashimoto's take back their health. And through my books, um, the first one was focused on sort of my story and all the background research on how to take back your health. The second one was focused on um, protocols that I've utilized with my clients in uh, the few years after I took back my own health. And now this new book, Hashimoto's Pharmacology, this is really something that I hope will make healing easy for everybody. And it, it's really a guide for every person with a thyroid condition to become their own um, nutrition guru. So there are things that can be done in your very own home, really in your own kitchen to help yourself when you have a thyroid condition. And I hope that everybody will have access to that. I just, I really want this information to be super accessible to every single person um, so they could start helping themselves right away. We know that good doctors are, are hard to find when you have a thyroid condition. And I don't want that to be the limiting step for some people is, is that they're going to the wrong doctors and they're not getting the right kind of advice. And so uh, really my books are, are focused on that is to give the, the power back to the people. 
Right. You know, a lot of people that are listening, they've been diagnosed with hypothyroidism and they've never heard of Hashimoto's. And in your book, you share something pretty interesting. You said there's a 95% chance those with hypothyroidism have undiagnosed Hashimoto's. Share how the two differ. So with hypothyroidism, this is this is essentially when your thyroid gland can no longer produce enough thyroid hormone. And this doesn't just happen out of the blue. In many cases, it takes many years of damage to the thyroid gland before the thyroid gland can no longer produce enough hormone. So Hashimoto's is responsible for about 95% of cases of hypothyroidism. And Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition that happens to attack the thyroid gland. So initially, we start off with just some inflammation and some antibodies against our own thyroid and our body immune system is attacking the thyroid gland, causes a breakdown of that thyroid tissue. Initially, a person might have Hashimoto's but may not have hypothyroid because their body is still able to compensate. So their body is still able to have enough thyroid hormone, of course, and this often is associated with symptoms and a lot of more stress on the body. Um, but eventually, what happens after a few years is a person will have Hashimoto's for 5, 10 years, sometimes more or less. And then this will lead to the destruction of the thyroid gland, and eventually they become hypothyroid, where their thyroid gland is no longer able to compensate. Interesting. Now, I know your new book, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, it has 125 recipes that can improve thyroid health. Share the connection and how what we eat can affect our thyroid gland. Because, you know, you're hearing a diet book about a thyroid. Some people like, what does that have to do with food? Share with us. What's the connection? Well, people oftentimes think that when you have a thyroid condition, that, um, you know, you're going to have struggles with your weight. And that, that's a part of it, of course. Um, and they often will focus on, okay, so if you're thyroid, if you have a thyroid condition, you just need to eat less and exercise more. And that's what people usually hear from their doctors. But unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to work because with Hashimoto's, we have a slowed metabolism. And that's a whole part of the picture. And then we also have food sensitivities and we have nutrient deficiencies. Then we have deficiencies in digestive enzymes, and there's a whole lot of different things going on. We have blood sugar abnormalities, and a lot of the things that we're doing in our day-to-day life can actually um, bring on the condition or even potentially make it worse. So my focus with food, using food as medicine or food pharmacology, as I like to call it, is to give people the tools and resources so they can start getting some of those things into balance. So For example, people with Hashimoto's oftentimes have numerous food sensitivities, and these food sensitivities not only um, cause us to have undesirable symptoms like fatigue, like panic attacks, breakouts, hair loss, so on and so forth, but they also can make the attack on the thyroid gland more aggressive. And so I'll teach people how to figure out which foods they react to and what to do about that. And then we also have a deficiency in nutrients. Many nutrients are tied to poor thyroid health and poor immune system health um, when we don't have enough of them. For example, the nutrient selenium is going to be deficient, and most people with thyroid disease, 200 micrograms per day can reduce the attack on the thyroid gland, and generally, people will report that they feel better, less anxious, uh, their hair stops falling out, maybe eventually starts growing back. Um, And another, another kind of key component is People with thyroid issues oftentimes will have an inability to digest proteins, and so they end up feeling very sluggish and tired and become nutrient-depleted, even if they're eating plenty of good proteins in their diet. Um, 
And this in turn can lead to nutrient deficiencies like B12 and iron, as well as food sensitivities because these poorly digested proteins just end up floating around and causing inflammation in our body. And so I teach people how to utilize digestive enzymes um, to replenish some of the enzymes that may be deficient with thyroid disease. Because we know that um, the thyroid gland doesn't live by itself in a vacuum. It's part of a whole body. And we're really wanting to make sure that we support the whole body, right? When we have right. we have a condition, uh, an autoimmune condition. Right. Now, you mentioned a lot of buzzwords. I know it got people's attention, you know, fatigue, depression, constipation, joint pain. I've mentioned in the intro, headaches, sometimes memory loss. How can people know if these are due to an autoimmune disease that's affecting their thyroid or if it's something else? Is there a specific lab test they can ask their doctor to run? Absolutely. Some of the most helpful lab tests that I've seen um, for Hashimoto's are going to be thyroid antibody tests. They're known as TPO antibodies and TG antibodies, um, thyroid peroxidase and thyroglobulin. But if you just write TPO and TG antibodies and ask your doctor to run them, they should be able to run those. And these antibodies are going to be elevated for 5, 10, sometimes 15 years before the standard quote-unquote test um, will find hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. Kind of, you know, if you were just to leave it up to your, your conventional doctor, you would say, hey, doc, I think I have a thyroid problem they would test you for the TSH. And in many cases, the TSH might come out normal and you would still have Hashimoto's. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, people get misdiagnosed and um, the Hashimoto's is not caught until it's in the late stage. I mentioned that it starts off with inflammation, goes into thyroid damage, then it goes into thyroid um, destruction. But after that, it keeps going. So it keeps right. going into uh, potentially affecting other types of uh, body systems and the body leading to other types of autoimmune conditions. So it's really important to ask for these antibody tests because they're going to discover Hashimoto's in the early stages um, as opposed to the later stages, hopefully. And at that point, we can prevent years of symptoms like depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and we can prevent potentially damage to the thyroid gland and prevent um, having to be on thyroid medications and, and maybe even prevent other types of autoimmunity. Right. You know, we got to talk about this new book of yours. You know, when people hear about healthy recipes, they immediately think, oh boy, I'm going to have to eat like a rabbit. I'm going to have to eat foods I don't love. But let me tell you, these 125 recipes in your book, <clears throat> you offer something for everyone. I mean, you've got waffles, taco salad, fish, chicken, sloppy joes to pizza. For desserts, you have recipes that include apple, blueberry, crumble, chocolate pudding, pumpkin pie. I'm getting hungry just reading these. How can people eat, you know, the, these foods that supposedly people say, oh, pizza, sloppy joes, but I guess you're finding a way to avoid chemicals, preservatives, inflammatory ingredients, so it's safe, correct? Absolutely. Um, and it's lunchtime around here, so you're making me hungry too. <laughs> um, so what we're looking at is figuring out which foods work for you and which foods don't. Generally, for people with Hashimoto's, the most common reactive foods are going to be gluten, dairy, and soy. Um, that doesn't mean you need to eat <clears throat> salad and ice cubes all day, right? So there are <laughs> right. thousands of other foods that can work for you, and these are very hearty, nutritious, tasty, satisfying foods. Um, you might have to get a little bit more creative at first, but generally this is going to just take a couple of weeks of um, <clears throat> making small adjustments and and then it, it'll become a habit within three or so weeks. And the the book that I've created is really meant to give you the tools and resources. So um, I have these 125 recipes. I have these templates on where to start. I have um, 
and guides on nutrient deficiencies and digestion, as well as I go through, you know, where to shop, how to choose ingredients, where to, how to shop in bulk, how to, how to batch cook, how to make life easy for you. I know um, I'm personally a new mom, so I don't have a lot of time to cook. And I know people who are tired and busy and have lives and work and children and all these wonderful things don't have a lot of time to spend all day in the kitchen. So majority of the recipes are also going to be relatively easy to prepare. Um, I, I would say very easy to prepare. Um, and uh-huh. I utilize a lot of uh, wonderful kitchen tools that let you multitask like pressure cookers and slow cookers too. Right. And since you have Hashimoto's disease, I would imagine you're the perfect critic when it comes to what recipes belong in this cookbook and probably had to t- pass your taste test as well as others, right, for this condition? Absolutely. So I, um, I, I started with adapting a lot of my recipes many years ago when I was diagnosed with the condition. I used to um, host a lot of dinner parties and I was qu- quite, a, my husband and I were quite big foodies going out on the Chicago scene and Los Angeles scene, New York to all the top restaurants. And um, so, I, you know, we love the experience of eating and we love delicious food. And when it came time to host dinner parties or food to work, I had to be very creative with making sure that I can prepare foods that I could enjoy and everybody else would enjoy as well. And so when I first started um, with this diet and, and cooking foods, I just I didn't tell people that the foods I were, was making were gluten-free, dairy-free, or paleo-based. I would just make the food and um, let them enjoy it. And, and it was amazing. Soon after, my friends and family members started noticing changes in me. And then they started liking my food. And many of them are now eating this way. And they've seen improvements. And, and not just Hashimoto's, but other conditions like um, like asthma, psoriasis, anxiety, um, irritable bowel syndrome, eczema, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's great. You know, being a pharmacist, I love that you've embraced food is medicine, that approach to healing. And, you know, for over 40 years, people with hypothyroidism, they've been pretty much taking Synthroid. And I'm curious, if they followed your Hashimoto's protocols and they ate a pro-thyroid diet, would a lot of these folks be able to get off their thyroid meds? You know, one of the concerns that I have with um, with with thyroid meds, and I, I think they're a wonderful part of the of the pair, of the healing toolkit. And I'm a big proponent of making sure you're on the right person is on the right meds at the right time at the right dose. Um, and that may mean you may need some bioidentical medications at different times. You may need to have a higher dose or a lower dose. Um, the challenge is that many people not started on medications and not diagnosed until the advanced stages, where they've already had damage to their thyroid gland. And so, um, you know, it's much easier to prevent damage to the thyroid gland than it is to regrow thyroid. I'm not saying it's not possible. We have had some people who um, getting off of certain foods, balancing their blood sugar, or addressing different nutrient deficiencies, they absolutely can wean off of their thyroid medication. But I wouldn't say that's a guarantee for most people, especially if they've had a thyroidectomy or if they've had um, uh, autoimmune thyroid disease for a very long time. However, um, as we know, a lot of times people take the medications and they still don't feel good. So my, my goal for people is really for them to feel their best self and to give them all the tools possible and available to take their health. Um, so we're speaking about percentage-wise, I would say maybe up to 10 to 15% of people can get off of medications in the later stage. 
Um, but it, it, it isn't something that happens overnight, and it's something that I recommend monitoring with um, with a practitioner where you go in and you get your blood work done um, and you look at whether you're ready to reduce your dosage. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't just stop taking medications and eat healthy because that can send the whole system crashing. Right. But like you said, people on these medications feel lousy. It's not it's not improving their life. And when they get on these protocols that you recommend, they can take this medication and feel great. And that's the key is you want to wake up feeling good each day, not waking up, go oh, another Monday, another Tuesday, I got to drag myself out of this bed. And, you know, people with thyroid problems, they definitely have, uh, they, they lose their zest for life, a lot of them. So you're bringing that back by giving them good, wholesome advice and food. Let me ask you, what role does stress play when it comes to thyroid dysfunction. Is that an issue for people? Absolutely. And and we know that stress really doesn't help anything, right? Um, but definitely thyroid, uh, thyroid function is intimately connected with the function of our adrenals, of our stress glands. I've seen some people with uh, borderline low thyroid function that was just induced with stress and, and just some modifications to their lifestyle. Um, have, in, have been incredibly helpful and, and even normalized thyroid function um, in some of those people with early stages and very, very, you know, kind of early early stage thyroid dysfunction that was stress-induced. For people with advanced thyroid dysfunction, addressing stress response can also be critical. Uh, we're going to see differences in symptoms. We're going to see the fatigue, the hair loss, especially start coming around very, very quickly. And then we're going to see weight starting to rebalance as soon as we address the stress response. And um, for me, when I think of stress, I think of four big things. One of them is sleep deprivation. That's the fastest way to get into mm -hmm. uh, your body into fight or flight and survival mode. And then um, we're looking at blood sugar imbalances. This is where food as medicine, food pharmacology comes in again. So having too many carbohydrates and not enough good fats and proteins and not digesting our fats and proteins can send our body into that. And I cover that in food pharmacology. And then we're looking at inflammatory foods um, and, and really any source of inflammation. Um, inflammation could come from previous injuries that haven't been treated. It could come from chronic infections. And the one that I really focus on in food pharmacology is, of course, inflammatory foods. And so whatever we do, um, food can be a very supportive piece. Of the of the journey. At the same time, I'm I'm always very cautious to say, hey, you know, we can't use food for every single thing. Of course, if you have blood sugar imbalances and if you have food sensitivities, then yes, the right diet will help you. But if you have, um, let's say, a lot of stress in your life because of because of the you know hateful, inflammatory people in your life or past trauma, then you know the right the perfect diet is not really going to be uh, as helpful as it could be. I, I often joke that getting rid of inflammatory people is is um, sometimes even more helpful than getting getting rid of inflammatory foods from our life. So true. In the minute we have left, I, I want to ask a question. I get asked a lot, tell me about genetics. Does a person's DNA predispose them to a thyroid disease? It absolutely does, but there's a caveat here. So Genes are not destiny, and they're not the be-all, end-all to the story. Um, there have been studies done in identical twins, so we know that identical twins have identical genes. If a condition was truly genetic, that means if, if twin A had the condition, then twin, twin B would have a 100% chance of having the condition. With thyroid issues, it's only about 50%. So if twin A has a thyroid condition, 
there's only about a 50% chance of twin B having it. Now, um, my mom is an identical twin and her, she and her sister went to college in different cities and her sister ended up having, um, Graves disease in her twenties where that was never something that my mom, um, that my mom had. Wow. And Interesting. She's a few years older than 20 now. She won't let me tell you how old, but <laughs> <laughs> we won't do the math here. We won't. <laughs> she's listening. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's great. You know, I was at a continuing education seminar a few months ago and the topic was on autoimmune disease and the instructor was teaching from your book and sharing your protocols. So you've really become the leading authority on thyroid health and autoimmune disease. And we appreciate you sharing such vital information with us today. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I eat, eat, live, and breathe. Is I in my spare time, I look at articles about thyroid disease, or I take courses on other types of healing modalities, and I think about how can I adapt this to thyroid disease. And of course, um, you know, I've spent thousands of hours just work, working, just studying Hashimoto's and working with clients and trying to trying to make this um, a really easy thing to take care of because, you know, for me, most of my 20s were gone because of, because of Hashimoto's. I um, was so tired all the time and I wasn't motivated and um, losing my hair. I was, I was moody and I just don't want that for other people. I just, I like the life that I have now and, and the amount of joy I have and how easy it is. And, you know, I have, um, like I said, I have a, I have a little baby boy, and for many people, fertility is, is a struggle when they have a thyroid condition. I just, just want people to feel better when they have this. And, yeah, and they're, um, def- they're definitely doing that. Yeah, they're def- definitely giving the great tools, and we appreciate you. To get your copy of Hashimoto's Food <clears throat> Pharmacology, go to thyroidpharmacist.com. And while there, make sure you sign up for Dr. Wentz's free newsletter. I'm on it. I love the information I get. Check out all the helpful resources available to you. It's thyroidpharmacist.com. Come and you can follow Dr. Wentz on Facebook at Thyroid Pharmacist Dr. Isabella Wentz and on Instagram she's at Isabella Wentz Farm D and for my daily health posts and tweets follow me at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram I'm at Dr. D Friedman if you heard Dr. Wentz share something today that somebody you know needs to hear send them a link to this podcast it's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library and share these segments of interest with friends family and coworkers and on social media this information is too important to keep to yourself sharing is caring let's get this word out you can also subscribe to our podcast on iHeartRadio and iTunes more to come stay tuned and stay well